Hello and welcome back to the Wild Wisdom Wellbeing guest slot with me, Robin Harris of Equenergy Wellbeing Naturally. And today I'm delighted to have with me Judy Gowanlock from JG Nutritional Therapy. Uh, so we're going to be looking at food and how that relates to our overall well-being and particularly focusing on gut health and how that impacts on the health of our whole being because Judy and I were just talking before going live about how in our society we quite often have our mind and our body in two separate little boxes kind of in the way that we look at things we don't uh, in a lot of things, we don't look at the interrelationship between the two, the interconnectedness between the two and how they feedback one to the other and impact one to the other. So that's the sort of thing we're going to be looking at this afternoon. Uh, so, Judy, if you wouldn't mind just kind of giving us a little bit of an introduction to yourself, how you came to be so fascinated with nutrition. Yeah, yeah. Um... So I suppose I've always had an interest in nutrition um, and cooking from scratch. Um, my mum was a, uh, I think she left, she was probably of the generation where she left home and she couldn't cook. So she was determined that each of her three children could cook 10 recipes. And I was very used to sort of coming home from school and finding a note saying, Judith, please cook tea with the mince that's in the fridge and making fairly inedible meals. So I've always sort of got you you know I've always enjoyed cooking experimenting with cooking and then I suppose alongside that I'd had this interest in complementary therapies um, and I kept thinking about studying nutrition didn't quite take the step um, and then alongside that I was doing a job where um, I was welfare rights advisor and I was working with people with addiction issues mental health issues and I knew there was a link between their mental health and what they were eating. And, you know, obviously to, to represent them, I would ask some questions and quite often people say, oh, you know, I eat ready meals or crisp sandwich. That was another thing that people would eat. Um, and then my mum died, left me some money. And I thought, well, if I don't do this training now, I'm never gonna do it. So that's, that's what sort of motivated me to do it. And I suppose it was mainly interest to begin with. But then when I started realizing how stressed I'd been and making changes to my own diet and seeing the changes in my mental well-being, then that was what inspired me to keep going with nutrition and spread the word to other people. Um, so I also see my role as sort of educating people about what to eat. So, yeah. And I think part of the education is just helping people to understand why and, and the connection between what you eat and how you feel. Exactly. And there exactly. is a very strong connection between the yeah. two. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, I I think, yeah, I was, um, yeah, when I started studying nutrition, I really knew very little about it. And um, to give an example, my uh, blood sugar balance was a bit all over the place so so when we eat something sweet or starchy it breaks down into um, glucose which our cells need for energy and our body likes everything in balance and likes this nice gentle rise and fall um, so for me I would um, 
you know, before I studied nutrition, I'd have some toast for breakfast. I'd get into work um, about 10 o'clock. I, my concentration was going because my blood sugar level had gone up and then gone right down again. So I'd eat the sandwiches I'd made for lunch. Um, so my blood sugar level would go up again. And then by lunchtime, you know, I would be feeling pretty low, pretty anxious, um, would go out, buy some chocolate to get my blood sugar level back up again. And it would go on through the afternoon. I would, you know, mid-afternoon, I'd be searching around the office trying to find something to eat. Um, and I really didn't connect that my mood was due to, um, you know, my low mood, my anxiety was due to how I was managing my blood sugar level and ultimately what I was eating. Um, and when I started making changes to my diet, I noticed changes in me. Um, people said I looked different, I appeared different. Um, and that's the message that I want to get through to people. Yeah, and unfortunately it does have those peaks and troughs. So you get that high, so you feel good. Exactly. You have energy. And yes. then that quickly wears off because it's sugar rather yes. than a, a slow release food. Yes. It's an instant. And we like instant, don't we? This is our society. We, do. we, we do. like quick, quick fixes. We think things are broken and they need fixing. So how can I yeah. fix it as quickly as possible? I feel tired. I feel maybe a bit of brain fog. I ha you know, have no energy. What will I do? What will give me instant energy? Reach for the chocolate bar and possibly also the caffeine drink. Yeah, yeah, I was, yeah, exactly. I was a real caffeine, um, a real, you know, I drank loads of tea um, and, you know, and not much water. Um, and I felt, you know, I was cooking from scratch, but really I ate very few vegetables. I didn't eat enough protein, you know, and I considered myself somebody who knew a bit about food, but you know, really I didn't. Um, and I think I, I find that with, with clients that, you know, people are trying their best and, you know, and there are so many mixed messages around food coming out that people don't know what to eat. Um, and also it's that disassociation between what you eat and how you feel as well. Yeah, and that's so true. There are many, many mixed messages and, and they change. It's not only yes. that they're conflicting, but that they change over time. Because yeah. my mum is very partial to a wee egg. So yeah. she used to have eggs quite often because they're, they're protein and Ooh. they're quite quick often. You yeah. boil an egg and she likes yeah. her soft boiled, so she would boil it for three minutes. Um, and then you can scramble them, you can fry them, you can have them in lots of different ways. Mm -hmm. They're a little protein package, they're so handy. And then there was the whole scare about uh, cholesterol levels. Cholesterol, yeah. So there are many reasons why one's cholesterol level might be high. It's not just how many Not eggs you eat. No, no. So that, that announcement went out and she was just, what do I do? I can't have my wee egg quite as yeah. often as before. And then, then that, that message changed and yeah. so it, it's it's really difficult it's really, yeah no i mean i had a similar thing with um yeah my dad you know he had some cardiovascular issues and he was like really no i can't have you know he used to have butter you know and then swapped over to one of these awful um low-fat spreads <laughs> um yeah. yeah and was really you know anywhere he went you know, he would be really insistent. No, I can't. I can't have that. Um, yeah, and it was, 
an educated man who, yeah, but I think, and that's very common, all this sort of confusion about about what to eat, um, yeah, and, and messages changing all the time as well, yeah. And also I think we're, we're individuals as well, you know, and what suits one person may not suit another. Um, so for me, I, d I really don't get on well with gluten. It just made me feel, I think that also contributed to how I felt because I just felt like I was under this brain fog all the time. Um, and it affected my digestion and my mood. And yeah, and I'm, I'm much better without it. And the problem is, what is so easy? Toast, sandwiches. Exactly, exactly, Pasta. yeah. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, it's, it's really common that people will have um, gluten throughout the day. You know, they'll have toast for breakfast, sandwiches for lunch, and, um, yeah, pasta for an evening meal. Um, but for a lot of people, that's not, not necessarily a good option um, and, and, and can be quite challenging for them in terms of um, digestion and inflammation and also mood. So, you were saying about your dad being an educated man, but educated people are the people who are reading and listening to these messages. So yeah. it's not to say that people are not educated. That no, they're making no it's not. No, it was, yeah. mm. And like you say, they really are doing the best that they can. They're probably um, trying desperately to keep yeah. up with the latest information in order to eat more healthily. But if the information isn't good well yeah and you, and you don't know where else to look well there's so much we're overloaded with information now there is. And, yeah. and that's quite stressful in itself so it, it's it's quite a negative kind of downward spiral if you start to get mm -hmm. a bit of a rabbit hole you could get sucked into yeah i think so and i think sometimes the way that um studies are, are reported in the news can be sometimes the message that's given out in the news can actually be quite different sometimes from what the study is actually saying um and it's and it probably relates also isn't it to that quick fix you know we want you know want to hear something that we know we can do and um yeah so i i do think there's starting to be a slow move and and this understanding that we're all very individual and um you know, there's a, a, a good diet for, there, there are certain sort of essentials, I think, a good diet, but I think it varies from person to person. Um, and also from age to age as, as well as to what you need, what, what you enjoy. Um, and yeah, it's, it's really, I, I sometimes feel a bit, um, and people are talking about various diets and, oh, this is the best diet for weight loss. And, I'm sitting there thinking, well, actually, the best diet is one that is nutrient-dense and gives you, you know, everything that you need. Um, so, yeah, yes, it's, it's, it's always interesting having conversations with people about, about nutrition. Um, I can imagine. And like you were saying, it, it's very individual, but also where are you in your life? What are you doing? What are your stresses? What yeah. is your situation? Because like you were saying about um, people want simple things. 
They want things that feel doable, particularly when we're stressed. We don't want to add to that stress by thinking, yeah. I have to go out and you know, buy all of these different ingredients. I don't know how to cook them. I've never cooked them before. Uh, so dealing with all of that as well. And before we went live, you were saying about how you keep things simple for people. So yeah. maybe if you would say a little bit about that. Yeah, um, so I'm a, a really great believer that you know, taking small steps can reap big rewards. You don't need to, um, and, and actually it's almost really difficult for people, you know, if they're going to do like a complete clear out of their kitchen cupboards, um, you know, they might do well for a week, but then after that, they usually, it usually just drops off. Um, so sometimes with people, it's saying things like, I want you to add one extra vegetable um, to your daily diet. Um, Sometimes it's about getting people to um, record the amount of different foodstuffs they eat during a week. Um, sometimes it's about getting people to be more, you know, focus on their fluid intake. So I think sort of focusing on one thing um, can really help somebody. And sometimes the changes, um, I think you, you mentioned before, Robin, about, you know, we want these quick fixes. But sometimes, I, I always say changes to diet and nutrition, it's a bit, I hate the journey word, but it is a bit of a journey and it's a bit of a, um, you know, it, you're constant, I, I feel like I'm constantly doing little tweaks here and there and just noticing things. And I think that's the thing with clients. I think doing, you know, doing one simple thing. And then often when I see people again, I, I tend to use a scoring system, so I get them to score their symptoms at the first appointment, and then we look again at the second appointment, and they score them again, and they go, oh, there's not been much change, and I'll say, well, actually, you've gone, you know, your symptoms have gone down from a four out of five to a three, so there is a change, um, yeah, and it, it's, sometimes it takes uh, quite a bit of time for things to change. I, I was listening to um, somebody the other week and they were saying, well, well, really, if somebody's had you know, symptoms for years, <laughs> it does take time. You could almost say that it, it could take like a month for each year of things to get, to get better. Um, I mean, I'd like to see improvements earlier for somebody, but I think it does, it just does take time. And so people need to be patient, um, but also, celebrate the successes and the things that are starting to change um, and those sort of subtle differences. Um, and sometimes I think it's it's not until afterwards that you look back and you think, oh, actually. So for me, with the brain fog thing with gluten, I didn't notice it straight away, but it was probably sort of three, four months down the line. I actually thought, oh, gosh, yeah. I am actually seeing things, you know, my focus and my concentration is much sharper than it used to be. Um, so observing things like that. And sometimes the other thing is, I also notice with people is just changes in their appearance. Mm -hmm. um, so a client recently, she just looked, she looked really stressed, really drawn. And then the next time I saw her, there was just this difference in her face. Um, you know, she just, and she was much more relaxed um, yeah and 
and just much more aware of what she needed to do in terms of changing her diet. And really with her, what, what I've got her doing was just adding in more vegetables and having a more varied diet. Um, yeah, and I, I, I think the other thing, sorry, is, is saying to people, is adding in things um, or doing swaps um, rather than taking something away. Um, and that works really well in terms of psychology um, because sometimes if you add in a few more things, you've got less space on your plate for the things that, you know, I would prefer you not to be eating so much of. Absolutely. And variety. We were talking earlier about it's so easy to eat an awful lot of gluten. Yeah, but if you start really. thinking, well, I could swap you know, again, not take away, but I could swap my uh, toast for a smoothie or a bowl of porridge. Yeah. No gluten there. And I could swap my sandwich for a wrap, which yeah. doesn't have gluten, or a salad, rice salad, pasta. Yeah. Well, maybe not pasta salad. But, you know, I could swap yeah. it out for something like um, uh, carrot sticks and hummus or something like that, which brings in the vegetable. Exactly. Um, it's colourful, so your food yeah. looks better. And part yeah. of the whole thing of nutrition, it starts long before we eat it. It's the yeah. whole thinking yeah. about it, preparation of the food. Mm, and if you're having definitely. a meal or, or a ready meal, there isn't a chance for that. You just pop it in, yeah. do it for the however long minute, and then you eat it. You don't. Your whole digestive system doesn't have a chance to really get going, yeah. Yeah. ready for what it's designed to do. Yeah, I, I do quite a bit with clients about talking about mindful eating and mm. sort of getting ready, getting ready for digestion. Um, so I had one client that, while she was preparing meals, she used to have um, bits of rocket, um, which is bitter food which stimulates your digestion. Um, equally, I've um, done things with people like having. Um, I've got this artichoke tea, it's incredibly bitter, um, but having like a, it's almost like having a shot of that in the morning. It's really good for your digestion, stimulating bile production. Um, sometimes, just saying to people, just, you know, like when you have, when you've got the food in front of you, it's just taking a few breaths, um, smelling the food, looking at the food, engaging with it. And you're really right, Robin, that, you know, this microwave culture, there's no, we get, there's none of that. So there's no um, enjoyment of the food you know, in, in that sense of engaging your senses with it. Um, you know, and there's so much research saying these ultra-processed food is, is just not good for our health and well-being. Well, it loses a lot of its nutrients by the processing, doesn't it? Exactly. And also, if you're like cooking a meal for a family or, or for yourself and you're preparing it, you're chopping it, you're adding a herb here, a grate of pepper there, it's there's something like you were saying about engaging with. And yeah. there's something about, even I was on a call uh, yesterday. It was a networking group and Wafa Powell, who does dancing flavors, oh, belly dancing and Lebanese food, amazing. She was creating something in the background. She was making hummus and she said, you know, I have all these vegetables to chop. And she also was saying, I am stirring it with love. Mm. I am pouring love into the creation of something that I'm then gonna feed myself with. 
Yeah. So I'm nurturing yeah. and nourishing, which is my uh, theme of the month in my membership group this, this month. Yeah. Nurturing and nourishing those that I'm cooking for, whether that's myself, my family, whoever that might be. Mm. And, you know, you're, you're appreciating the colour, maybe if it is broccoli or, or tomatoes, yeah. or carrots. I love that idea that we eat the rainbow and bring in all yeah. of the different nutrients that are part of the colour of the food. Yeah. Yeah, it's yeah. It's funny you saying that. Um, my younger daughter always says to me, "Oh, mum, that's one of your ways of, you know, showing love to people is pre is preparing food for them." And yeah, it's, and I, um, I find it really for me, it's quite a meditative process. I find it quite yeah. quite relaxing preparing food and thinking about what I'm going to eat. But you know, I appreciate for other people that's not it's not always the same. So it. For me, it's really important to work with the client where they're at, um, you know, find out what their lifestyle is like, um, where they shop, how much time they've got for cooking a meal, whether they're cooking a meal just for themselves, whether they've got other people involved, because um, that's often very tricky if, you know, they're slightly changing their diet and the family, you know, they're having to bring the family with them. Um, so yeah, it's looking at all, all those variables and, and what, what we can do about them as well. Um, yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, it's, yeah, I, I, was, I was just saying- Definitely what's working with what you can work with. Yeah, step by step. yeah, yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, it's it's such an interesting subject food, I think, and, and in terms of the emotions that it brings out. And I think, mm. We have also lost that that um, that thing about sitting down and eating a meal together and enjoying a meal together. Um, and we, um, you know, a lot of people, are, you know, perhaps eating in front of a laptop or eating in front of TV. So they're not, you know, they're not really digesting well because their their focus is elsewhere. And I've, um, you know, I really. I grew up in a family where we walked our food down. So for me, that's something I have to really try and focus on is actually chewing my food and enjoying my food. Um, and I always think, you know, if I can manage to do some of this, you know, I know other people can as well. Um, and yeah, just with time, things, things change. And yeah, yeah, you realise what becomes important to you in your life. I think... You know, eating well, it's a bit like thinking if you had a really expensive car, um, you would want to, you know, you wouldn't you wouldn't go down to a junkyard to buy the parts. You wouldn't, you know, you would you would be careful about the fuel that you put in it. And it's the same with our bodies. We need to be looking after our bodies um, and thinking carefully about the food that we put into them. Absolutely. And you were saying earlier about checking in with people, uh, yeah. maybe on their second or third visit and saying, right, what are your symptoms this week? What level are they at compared to when you were here last time? And how sometimes you were also saying about this, the changes can be subtle and we might miss them as because yeah. we're living with ourselves every minute of every day. Mm. And so the changes mm. might just kind of happen and we're not noticing because they're so small bit by bit, but looking back is when we see that they actually are quite significant. 
and also you were talking about how we can change in our appearance uh, so i think it would be also maybe worth taking a before and after photograph because definitely yeah. our skin changes our hair changes mm. we start glow when we're really healthy my mum since i became a vegan she says i look so much healthier and i hadn't noticed it was only when yeah. she said it, I thought, oh really that's that's really <laughs> lovely no but yeah. if you're living in yourself you maybe don't see it's when somebody reflects it back to you or whatever that that's when you notice or like yourself um you're talking about the brain fog it's maybe a lot later down the line that something yeah. makes you realize it's not maybe coming straight from yourself it's like oh and suddenly this has been made aware i've been made aware of this change mm. so it is good to have something like that that when things do feel like oh nothing's changing and it's taking so long yeah 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 i think yeah i i i agree with you robin i think it really yeah having somebody else say it really makes a difference the other thing that i sometimes use with people is um, testing because I find that can be very sort of motivational for people so whether that's doing um, like blood tests because I can you know if, if somebody comes to see me I obviously I'll take a full case history and often I find it's the only time they've had to talk about you know all their sort of medical history and often it's quite interesting somebody will suddenly say oh yes Yes, oh, I'd forgotten about that. Um, so then, you know, looking at that afterwards, I like a bit of time to reflect on it. I mean, I, I can often, you know, I do often give advice um, at the end of the consult because I've got a good picture. But just having a bit of time to reflect and sort of seeing where imbalances are and what might be the cause of, a, of particular symptoms. But using testing can really help and it can really motivate people. So whether that's um, a blood test, um, usually I was just thinking about somebody I saw recently, you know, I guess she would probably be deficient in vitamin D, but she was actually pretty deficient in vitamin D, more, more so than I thought she would be. Um, the, other, the other sort of tests that I use are things like stool tests, which are you know, really important in seeing if there are imbalances in the in the gut um, and also I like using um, genetic testing um, so that's using a swab um, and I found um, with clients and also I've done testing on myself that that's been really helpful um, and in terms of just motivating um, and, and also an explanation um, so for an example for me with um, anxiety um, I uh, the genetic testing that I've done has shown that I don't my receptors which are a bit like the, the lock for GABA which is um, gamma amino butyric acid which is the main sort of calming neurotransmitter my receptors aren't very receptive together so I can sometimes feel a bit anxious and rather than thinking oh you know beating myself up thinking well okay so that for me indicates I've got a bit more of a need for B6 and zinc and also um, in terms of um, some herbal teas which are really nice in terms of um, helping with recycling gather things like um, uh, lemon balm tea is really nice. Um, 
valerian not everybody gets on with valerian but for me it does it works really well um so i think that can you know having something like that that you can see um and understand can be really motivating in terms of sustaining changes for people um and and just how sometimes it's a bit like putting pieces of a jigsaw puzzle together so it helps it helps with that as well and even just the help of understanding when i'm feeling anxious maybe my body is reacting more than somebody else's would exactly so i exactly. can just take a breath and and then maybe Definitely. reassess you know just just give myself that moment of pause not not feel anxiety is rising there is a problem you yeah. know going straight to panic but just okay maybe my body's being quite sensitive i'll take care yeah. of myself but exactly. also i'll be mindful and think no actually it's okay i'm yeah. okay yeah it's yeah yeah and i think yeah i think it's understanding understanding your body just makes you know it just makes such a, a big difference but it's um i think until i started studying nutrition i just i just didn't have that understanding and i think the other thing that for me personally i've benefited from is it's led me on to thinking more about myself because i think nutrition is, is clearly important but also thinking about things like exercise um relaxation sleep um just and about a bit about balance and resilience you know they all come into our well-being um but often we we can just sort of go through life not really thinking about these things um so i i feel it's really important that we just sometimes we take a step back and just think about things yeah and they're so interconnected and interdependent so yeah. and that's what i love about i'm mean, like yourself you know you start doing this journey that word you start doing this stuff for yourself and you start working with other people and it helps you to see more for yourself and then you can share more with other people and that itself is reciprocal life is just one whole big uh feedback loop and process in a sense definitely. isn't it definitely i learn more yeah. i have more to share you teach me more i have more to share exactly. and, yeah and a deeper understanding and they say if you want to learn something teach it so yeah yeah and i think these things are also related to our gut because our stress plays such a huge role yeah. and has such an impact on the health and well-being of our gut which yeah. impacts on our digestion because if we are stressed if we're in fight or flight we're not digesting properly no we're not and if, no. if we're doing that shoveling thing then we're not chewing properly so the food isn't arriving in the stomach sufficiently broken down so it's then not arriving you know all the way down the gut in the state that it's designed that that part of the gut is designed to receive yeah yeah and i think yes i think the the whole thing about our it's getting more sort of traction now i think about our looking after our gut microbes but mm. you know i think um there was a there were all sorts of different figures but i think they reckon we're 37 point two trillion cells but we've got 10 times the amount of microbes so we're a real sort of balance you know between our cells and our microbes um and there's so much evidence relating um imbalances in our microbes and um, to ill health 
Um, and our microbes are so important in terms of our immunity, um, protecting our guts, um, making vitamins, breaking down food. Um, and yeah, it's it's a fascinating area. And I think, yeah, it's, it's, it's growing. People are starting to understand, they're starting to understand about having um, fermented foods um, and having a variety of, you, know, you talked earlier about eating the rainbow and having this real variety of different vegetables. Um, and people sometimes ask me, well, what's your top tip? They usually say eat more vegetables. Mm. Um, and actually, uh, there was a really, there was something in the um, BMJ, I think it was last year, I think I, just, I wrote it down, it was saying that um, it was a U, US study saying that over lifetime, if there was a 30% subsidy on fruit and vegetables, it would prevent 1.3 million cardiovascular disease events. Um, and it would save $40 billion, um, which is just massive, isn't it, when you think of it like that. Um, I think it's interesting. Um, I think there are some changes happening in medicine around diet, but it's very, it's slow. Um, and, um, you know, there are some doctors who, people like Tim Spector, um, Rupia Jula, um, Rang Chatterjee, who are talking about lifestyle medicine, but there's still a, a long way to go, and a lot of um, doctors don't have the training in nutrition, um, certainly that I've had, <laughs> um, you know, and other nutritional therapists have had, um, because we're, you know, we're dealing with it all the time and looking at it all the time. Um, so it's I think kind of about crazy, isn't it, when you think is, that we are what we eat literally that's how are, our cells yes. are made from the fuel that we give the body yeah and that there is a quote apparently it's not actually hippocrates hippocrates oh, right. was behind the hippocratic oath who yeah. you know medicine etc yeah but that's that quote of let food be thy medicine and medicine be thy food food right apparently it didn't appear until the uh, 20th century i don't uh, know i was looking it up earlier on today right. but just that that concept and you were talking about and the cells in our body and our microbiome. There's a book and it's called something like one in 10 because they say that only one in 10 of the cells that we think of as ourselves are actually ours, genetically yeah. ours. The yeah. rest is the microbiome. So yeah. I learned this through my work with animals, particularly horses. Mm, so again, yeah. something that feeds in and supports our work, but that we aren't feeding our own cells in effect we are feeding the microbiome because it's the yeah. microbiome that's doing the digestion it's breaking down the food and then yeah. giving us the components of that food so mm. that we can mm. then go on and use that as fuel it's not the food that we eat it's it's the broken it's down product broken down. Oh, yeah. the microbiome yeah but we're stressed that micro, whatever that form of stress might be, it might be kind of an anxiety stress, it might be an environmental stress, so pollutants. Exactly. Yeah. When we have whatever that stress might be, it throws that balance out. So we talk about good gut bacteria and bad gut bacteria, but basically that balance shifts because the yeah. bacteria are there, they're on our skin, they're in our gut. They're and it's there. Yeah. Balances. yeah. Yeah, and we've got good and bad living side by side, but the, yeah, you're right. It's when the balance gets out of sync, um, you know, that, that can have 
dramatic impacts upon our health. Yeah, it's it. I think it's just fascinating. It's fascinating. Um, yeah, like, and also looking um, looking at the oral microbiome as well because we're swallowing all the time. Um, so, mm-hmm. yeah, that's another area that's really interesting. There's been um, um, what nationality is Stephen Lynn he's a um, dentist so he's he's written a book called The Dental Diet and he talks a lot about the oral microbiome and looking after that um, so it's, often, it's always something I ask clients you know have you had gum disease you know how are your teeth yeah because um, people don't think about that um, but so. t- disease in our teeth can lead to things like heart attacks yeah People yeah. don't understand that what's yeah. going on in here goes out to the body. Body, yes. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. We, we, we are so disconnected and our medical system is disconnected. And you were talking right. about the doctors yeah. and, and that they don't get educated about food and nutrition. And you think, yeah. how can that be possible when we are what we eat and, and what we eat determines how healthy we can be? Yeah, all that diet is so important. Nutrition, I don't like that word diet because it has that connotation of dieting. Yeah, yeah. but yeah. our nutrition and our intake, our food intake, drink intake, uh, hydration is so important for our well being. How can they not teach this stuff to doctors? Yeah. And vets are the same, they don't get mm. so basically what vets and possibly doctors as well, what they get in terms of nutrition comes from the manufacturers of the foods. Yeah. So it's biased. Yeah. You know, it's, it, there's yeah. a conflict of interest there. Well, so yeah. it's it's then back on us, and I think that this is part of the the whole COVID, the the opportunity within the crisis of yeah. let's get back to our bodies, let's listen to our bodies, mm-hmm. what mm-hmm. they need, and to trust ourselves as an individual to reconnect, to move away from that disconnect, back to yeah, what is my what is my gut? You were talking earlier before we came live about what do we say? Listen to your gut. Yeah. So what is your gut yeah. telling you? Interesting. I need to eat this because we our bodies yeah. do know when we listen yeah, to them. Definitely. That's why we have yeah. things like food cravings. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. they can be. Yeah. To that. Yeah. yeah. I think it's really it's really interesting, and I think you know I. I think COVID has been a, a time of immense stress for a lot of people and for some people it's just been, it's been too much in terms of having to prepare food but it has also brought people back around food and, and realising what they eat um, and you know perhaps also making links between say comfort eating as well I think that you know I've had lots of people say that to me you know oh I've realised you know this is what I do when I feel stressed well, this is, but this is another thing I could do instead. Um, and I think, I think it's it's really interesting, isn't it? I um, went to um, an event recently in a park where, when I was, we were uh, planting wildflowers, and I was talking to some children, and they were talking about uh, this little boy was telling me all about growing vegetables at school. And I thought, oh wow, this is great, and he was. I was like, oh, so tell me what you were growing. And I thought, this is, I just, I just thought, oh, this is amazing. Because, you know, a few years ago, there was sort of things in the media saying kids didn't, couldn't identify um, particular vegetables. 
Um, but he was so excited and telling me about looking after these vegetables and nurturing them um, and then being able to eat them. So, yeah, I think I think things are starting to change. Um, and I think I think we started realizing that sometimes like a, the pill for the ill mentality um, isn't isn't a way forward. <laughs> For many people and also also what I find is sometimes people get diagnosed with something chronic um, and then they're sort of left and they don't quite know what to do next and they don't know what to eat they don't know how to, to manage that that condition um, I mean that's probably a, a generalization and I'm you know I've got a lot of respect I've worked with in the NHS you know they're brilliant at dealing with acute um episodes but i think sometimes those longer chronic conditions um they sort of people just get sort of left and i'm not quite sure how to manage them um and that's really where um nutritional advice good nutritional advice can really help and support them and again i think it comes back to that what our doctors taught and there's so much for them to learn and i understand that yeah, yeah. You know, they, they train for seven plus years already. Where do you fit in the extra stuff? But yeah. there are so many diseases that are idiopathic. So doctors don't even know where they come from. But then they're yeah. not learning. They're learning the acute care. But we yeah. need the care that prevents the acute, the need exactly. for the acute. Yeah. So if uh, we had stress, you know, uh, we're taught about how to deal with stress, how to respond to stress, how to identify stress then a lot of that problem would be certainly reduced significantly. Plus, if we were taught how to feed ourselves and nurture ourselves mm. well, then mm. I think nurture and nourish ourselves, I think, you know, it it would reduce a lot of that end kind of acute pressure. Definitely, definitely, yeah. I mean, there's been research, I think, they were saying globally one in five um, deaths are attributable to a suboptimal diet, um, you know, and interventions that they've had with nutrition have just, you know, reduced um, hospital admissions, they've reduced costs, um, and there, there have been benefits in terms of well-being. So, you know, definitely educating people about diet is, is, is really, really important. Um, yeah, I think... And you think, uh, if you think about the Sorry, sorry, I, I missed what you said. If you think of, I was just going to say, if you think of the chronic conditions, like how many people have diabetes, how many diabetes, people have yeah. maybe cholesterol or heart disease, how many people have yeah. things like um, fibromyalgia yeah. that can greatly yeah. supported by dealing with stress, dealing with nutrition. Yeah, and I, and I also think people don't. Um, you know, you, what you were saying earlier about stress, people don't attribute, you know, actually poor nutrition as a stress to our bodies. Yeah. Uh, and people don't see that. They always think of stress in terms of emotional stress. Um, you know, and we do, we do need, um, we need good stress, but, you know, we need to be aware about the long-term impact of, um, you know, chronic stress and, and the impact that that has on our body. Um, the impacts that it has, you know, in terms of our brain health, 
um, in terms of our whole um, hormonal system as well. Um, yeah, and, and getting people to understand that and understand, you know, there are things that they can do. And I think that's to the, the thing that I feel is also important for my clients is virtually all of them have some level of stress. So it, it's getting them to, to think about something that they can incorporate in their day that, you know, nourishes them. Some, and, it, and again, it probably comes back to that small thing about, you know, what, you know, somebody's uh, very stressed, just thinking about this client who is, yeah, she had really quite high-powered job. And what I got her to do was just take some time every day with engaging all her senses. Um, so perhaps having a nice bath, perhaps burning some essential oils, um, listening to some music that she really enjoyed, and then um, putting on some clothes that you know could be something like fluffy socks or something that you know just sort of nourished her and that was quite a simple intervention but very effective um yeah and that there's so much that people can do um that, that can make a difference um and i think sometimes when you're in the middle of that it's very hard to think of things that you you can do or you know that or they may feel like, oh, that's one more thing. But actually, if you can break it down into small steps, um, it's very doable and, and it can reap really big rewards for people. Absolutely. And those are the two, two of the things that I share as well, that break things down into bite size that feel manageable and just yeah. do one, you know, add one step. And then when that feels, oh, that's simple, that's part of my routine now, I yeah. actually not know how to stop doing it. Then yeah. the next step, the next step. But yeah. also, um, you were talking there about all of these things that we can add to our day to day, which I think it links in with something else you were saying before we came live about empowerment. It yeah. gives people back that sense of I can do this for myself. I yeah. can support myself by putting on those fluffy socks, having that bath, listening to music, yeah. adding a vegetable, you know, a new vegetable or different vegetable to my diet. But you were talking about the empowerment in relation to uh, flower essences. Oh, yeah. So yeah. Would you tell us a little bit more about them? They absolutely yeah. fascinate me. I use yeah. them a little bit, but yeah, tell us more. Yeah, so, um, so the batch flower remedies or you can call them the bark flower remedies people they're interchangeable neither one or other is so I sometimes use both pronunciations so um they were um invented by Edward Batch and he started off as a Harley Street doctor and he sort of became disillusioned um with conventional medicine um and he became interested he was interested in homeopathy and he was a great lover of nature um, so he gave up quite a successful career and um, he, what he noticed was that um, we need to have um, a balance between our soul, our emotions and um, our physical health and that when there's this imbalance it leads to disease. So he designed this system of 38 different remedies um, which you can take. Um, and they're all associated with different emotional states. 
So you can take the remedies on their own, um, a single remedy. So I've got one here actually. So you could take a single remedy um, and if you're having a sort of acute um, experience, so uh, um, say for example, um, yeah, so Elm is a remedy where you're feeling sort of overwhelmed by your responsibilities. So you could take a couple of drops under your tongue and you could just keep taking that as and when you needed it, or you could add two drops to a glass of water and sip it through the day. Um, but I think the most effective way for um, probably a longer term condition is um, to, to make up like a, a little bottle like this, which is a mix of seven different remedies. So I saw 38 um, different remedies. Somebody said it's something like there's 293 million different combinations of remedies that you can take. And they all relate to um, different emotional states. Um, so my involvement with the remedies really was that um, I had used Rescue Remedy, which most people know of, which is a, a composite of five different remedies. And I'd used that, sort of, I'd used it during childbirth and I'd used it at times of stress. Um, and then 2019, uh, my father died and um, I knew I was quite, uh, my body was quite inflamed. And so nutritionally I was trying a few things, but I thought I need, it's that thing about needing somebody else to uh, have an overview. So I went to see a friend of mine who's a naturopath in Bath and as part of, so she does a bit of nutritional therapy, a bit of um, body work, but she also uses the batch flower remedies. Um, so she made me up a blend and what I noticed, it was again going back to that subtle difference, but it just made a difference in terms of my emotions. Um, and I kept thinking, oh yes, I'd like to study more about the uh, the remedies. And so lockdown opened up this opportunity for me to, to study the remedies in more detail. Uh, and I've just, I've just really loved finding out about the remedies. And I think they're such a useful adjunct to nutritional therapy because they don't, um, they're, they're simple. Um, you know, I can explain the remedies to somebody, but somebody on their own can equally um, find out about the remedies, um, you know, they can put together their own blend, um, they're effective, uh, they don't interact with other medications. Um, yes, and I found for me, I suppose the thing is, it's made me think and reflect about my emotions. Um, so, for example, um, if I'm feeling, say, frightened, I would, I would think about, well, am I frightened of a particular thing? Or have I just got that feeling that I'm frightened? Or am I fearful about somebody else? Um, or do I think that, um, am I in a sort of panic situation? Or do I fear losing control? And for each of those uh, different states, there's a different remedy. Um, it might be a mixture of, you know, both. But I found it really helpful for me. And it's something that I interweave into consultations with clients. So um, when clients book a package with me, I also offer a complimentary um, batch flower remedy session. But equally, I offer the, the um, sessions on their own as a standalone remedy. Um, yeah, 
And they're, they're also, I was thinking of you, Robin, they're also, um, they'll use them with plants and animals as well. Um, so I have, yeah. I've, I've, I don't know if that's how you, you've used them, but I've used them with my cat um, when she's, you know, during firework season when she's been very frightened. Mm. I've, I've given her some um, mimulus and water um, and I've used rescue remedy as well. Um, yeah, I, I used to use walnut every time yes. I transplanted something. Yes. I'd yeah. give it walnut. And it really yeah. did help. And yeah. uh, one of the horses, when he came to live with me, it was such a big change for him. I gave him Star of Bethlehem yeah. for Shockley. Yeah. yeah. And yeah. walnut. And yeah. when I had a bereavement last year, I took Star of Bethlehem as well. And then a yeah. friend of mine, she also had a bereavement so I recommended it to her yeah. so yeah just just little bits and pieces that I've picked up because as you say there there is no contraindication you can take them and you can just yeah. decide for yourself because I, I have um, a book that you just read through and see because it's like homeopathy isn't it that you go with like you're saying the emotions how am I feeling what is my my yeah. go-to response what is my character as you yeah. would do with with um, yeah. homeopathy yeah. to find what's right for me very individual and I love very that that it, yeah. it's very tailored it's, it's yeah. you can just choose what am I feeling right now what is my yeah. character and I yeah. can make the blend or take the remedy that is just right just for me in this moment yeah yeah I mean I think that's that's you know, really summed it up that's the power of of the remedies um you know and I think I was, you know, I'm probably somebody I like, I quite like science and seeing things, um, but with the remedies, there isn't that. But actually, you know, for me, they make a big difference. And I know, you know, that's, you know, across, it's across the world. Um, so part of the thing that I really enjoyed with doing the training was that, you know, I was meeting people from, um, India, from America, um, Israel, all across Europe. Um, so, yeah, the the impact and the love for the remedies is widespread. Um, and yeah, I think they are they are very powerful. Um, and yeah, just just actually, I think I think it's also that breaking down and thinking about how you're feeling. That for me, that's the power and. I suppose the other thing I was going to say was um, there was somebody I uh, I put a blend together and um, you know always when I make a blend for somebody I'll explain the, the remedies that we've selected um, and why and she said oh when I saw that I got quite emotional because I did we'd really got the right remedies um, and yeah and you know. If you don't select the right remedies, it's not going to do any harm. Um, and it's and Dr. Batch has that whole thing, which I mean, people talk about a lot. But you know, we're like an onion, so you treat what's on the outer layer. Um, and you know, once once you've dealt with that outer layer, you come to the next layer. Um, yes, and I think there's also um, we generally all have a, a type remedy. Um, but sometimes because of those layers that have built up, it's hard, you know, I'm not quite sure what my type remedy is. Um, I've got some ideas, but 
you know, it, it's 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 this journey of of getting getting to know yourself um, by using the remedies. Absolutely, and I think that's such an important part of this whole well-being process that we start to see ourselves, honour ourselves for who we really are, make that reconnection. Yeah. And like uh, Dr. Batch was was working, his perspective was we need to bring together the soul, the mind and the body and have them working together in harmony and coherence. Yeah. That, that is, to me is, well, well, it's the well-being journey, it's the well-being process. I don't know that we achieve well-being, but we are going on that discovery I think, yeah, I think it is a discovery. And I, yeah, I mean, I felt that, yeah, I'm still, you know, I'm still learning. And it, and that's, that's an exciting thing for me. I've realised, I think, by studying nutrition that one of the things I really enjoy about it is that I love learning um, and just finding out something new. And so, yeah, it's, um, yeah, it's perpetual learning uh, period and, and discovering things um, and I I sort of feel if I'd never taken that step I'd have missed out on so much and um, you know my life would be very different um, and I, I feel I'm on a much better path by having um, studied nutrition um, and all the sort of different branches that that's taken me taken me to yeah, yeah. And on that note, I would like to say thank you hugely, Judy, for joining me today. It's been such oh, a joy. You. And I, I think this is such an important message to share. So thank you very, very much for joining oh, me today. Thank you. I've, I've really enjoyed talking to you and talking, talking about things I really love talking about. So thank you. So thank you very much for everybody who's watched today. And for those of you who are watching the replay, if you are just stick in a hashtag replay and if this conversation has brought up any questions for you then just put them in the comments below and I'm sure that myself or Judy will be able to get back to you uh, and also just to say that if you're interested in kind of the things we've been talking about about uh, reconnecting with yourself with your body with how you're feeling with your gut with what your instincts are telling you I'm running a workshop this Sunday the 1st of August from 10 to 1 here in uh, Equenergy Wellbeing Naturally based just outside of Abergavenny so if you'd like to join me there are still some places left I'll stick the link for that into the chat as well. And if you're interested in that sort of thing, but you don't live nearby, then just get in touch because I'm very happy to run it across Zoom as well. So just then to say, have a wonderful weekend and see you again next week. Bye for now. Thank you. Bye-bye.